You are listening to Ducks Hockey on Fire, your official home for Anaheim Ducks fan talk. Coach P and Hank discuss all the latest in Anaheim Ducks news, results, standings, and anything else Anaheim Ducks hockey related. What's up, Ducks fans? Happy New Year. Happy 2018. First episode of the new year. Uh, we took a little break for for the holidays and hope you all had a, had a nice time with your families. But uh, more importantly, let's get right to it. Ducks with a huge win last night in Vancouver, five nothing, and they've been on a bit of a tear lately. You know, with these uh, these Pacific Division games, and I'm liking what I'm seeing. All wins in the last three games, five of the last six. Ducks score their five thousandth goal in Ducks history. Antoine Vermette pots that one, and uh, Henrique, Raquel, Getzloff, and Grant. Add to the big win over the Vancouver Canucks five nothing. Ryan Miller too with a with a heck of a, a shutout performance last night. Thirty one saves. Um, you know his first game back in Vancouver since signing a free agent contract with the Ducks this summer or last summer. Um, and and he said after the game, you know obviously that city meant a lot to him. His son was born there, um, and and he really you know the the city kind of welcomed him with open arms. So for him to come back uh, and and to pl- not only play there but to play there and get a shutout, that's that's pretty big. And you know it says a lot about our goaltender right now. You got Gibby going into Pittsburgh, getting a shutout, and Miller going into Vancouver. I think I think uh, you know it's, it's a good sign for the playoffs when when guys can step up in big moments like that. Always nice to see them get rewarded. Well, let's face it; it's not just Ryan Miller, but it's also uh, Kessler. It's also Bieksa. Uh, those guys have played in Vancouver. They know that community. They were well liked there. Well, I mean Kessler maybe not so much, but now, but. <laughs> When he was there, obviously those players liked him on his, on on their team. He's just one of those kind of guys. When you're when you're with him, he's awesome. When you're against him, it sucks. Yeah, I heard it. You know, when Kessler had the puck a few times last night, I heard the the booze start raining down and. Um I don't know. I mean, I kind of, I kind of look at Kessler. He's, he's a guy that you hate to play against. He's a guy you love to have on your team, like Corey Perry. If Corey Perry was ever, you know, on a different team, and he came back to Honda Center, I don't know if we'd be booing him. Maybe we would. I, I don't know. But uh, you know, well, I, I thought that was pretty funny. Corey Perry style of hockey would be difficult for Ducks fans to see against. Yeah, against the Ducks. So I, I would, I would tend to believe that there would be some love there, but there'd be some hate. He's just that kind of player, very similar, like you said, very similar to, to Kessler. So Perry, a little update on him. Um, he skated again for for the third uh, third day in a row, and he's on the on the trip with the boys in Vancouver. Uh, and today he practiced on the line with uh, Nick Ritchie and Adam Henrique. So um, you know, maybe maybe there's a chance he plays. You know, in, in uh, in Edmonton, I I doubt I'm doubtful he plays in Edmonton. Maybe he'll get the game in in Calgary, um, or maybe they'll just hold him and, and put him in against LA before they take uh, you know a little bit of a. Well, they go on the break after Calgary, and then and then they have that five day mandatory break before they come come back and play LA. So I don't know. Do you keep Perry out for the, these two games? What would you what, what do you think? Well, I think it's a obviously a good situation to be in if you're Randy Carlisle and staff. They have to make some tough decisions at this point to see who's going to most benefit the team. And I think right now we have the depth and the strength of forward lines to be able to keep, you know, to make sure that he's ready to go. But, you know, if Corey Perry's ready to play hockey, he's got to be in the lineup. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. He's he's been effective this year. You know, even if he's not on the goal scoring sheet, he's he's on the score sheet and he, and he's playing. Uh, he's he's, play, he's been playing pretty good hockey. So um, I'd be excited to to see him back for sure. Well, let's mention over the break as well. Patrick Eves made an appearance at the Honda Center. The guys must have been there for a practice, and they had a little welcoming party for him. Must have been some time that since they had everybody had seen him, he showed up. In fact, the guys, uh, they were there for a little photo op as well. Some of them were wearing beards, mustaches, and beards. It was, I saw I don't that. I don't know if you saw that, but it was pretty comical. The The guys were obviously happy to see him. They, they love you know his presence in the locker room and on the ice. Obviously, he's a great benefit offensively and defensively for the Anaheim Ducks when he's in the lineup. But obviously, in the locker room and as a person, they respect him just as much. The bearded one, as they call him, and uh, you know he 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 looks he looks good. Uh, you know he, he looks he's, he was in good spirits in those photos and the, the little video op that he had and um, you know it's always good to, to see a guy like that around the rink when he's going through something you know he's he's uh, he's he's really trekking along and you know it's one of those things that nobody really knows what's going to happen but uh, I'm just going to throw it on a limb I think you'll see Patty Eves in a duck sweater you know at some point whether it's the playoffs uh, you know I, I think I think he's the kind of guy who's going to try and push for that but Hey, that's just my take on things. I don't know if you noticed the tweet that he let out. I'm not sure what the date was on it, but it was in the last week here that uh, said something to the effect that the last statement was that he was going to be back on the ice sometime soon. Wow, I, I don't did know, not I don't, see that. That's I don't good. Know, I don't know what that meant. If there was, there was no timeline attached to it, but obviously good news. Just think of the problems that Randy Carlyle will have trying to figure out his lineup if he's ready to go. Oh, I mean, it's it's uh, I mean, it's a good problem to have. You definitely want that. Of course. Um, but but yeah, guys like Kevin Waugh become expendable. We were talking about him the other day, and and he you know he was scratched uh, for the for two games recently, and, and then got back in the lineup last night. Played pretty game, pretty good game last night. I thought from Kevin Waugh actually, um, you know, had a great A scoring chance, and and Nielsen, you know, one of his uh, one of his better saves of the night on him, point blank. But yeah, if Eves comes back, man, we're gonna have all sorts of logjam issues, and uh, you know, a guy like Derek Grant, big goal for him last night. He he needed that goal really bad. I mean, I know it makes it five nothing, but for for him to to score that and and bury that, it feels good and, and uh, you know it keeps him in the back of the mind of Randy Carlisle. At least from my perspective, guys like Grant and Shaw and Wagner and Waugh, those are the kind of guys that are potentially looking at being in and out of the lineup. If a guy like that, you know, you get Corey, Corey Perry back, you get Patrick Eves back. Those are the kind of guys that would be looking to either a be sent back to San Diego or b uh, in and out of the lineup and just being ready to go if somebody needs a break. Yep, that's that's uh, that's just the way it is you know, sometimes. That, when you, you know, I mean, that's that's pretty serious when when you see a lineup like that where guys like you know Wagner and Shaw who've been pretty pivotal in the last two years in, in making some, some things happen, especially at the stretch at the end of last year, and then now here through the year uh, this year with all the injuries, those guys have been pivotal in in making the steps and process to get to the point where we're at right now, and we're and as of today we're sitting in a wild card spot. Yep, and and we're. We've really been trucking along here and, and getting those valuable points in, in you know a division where Vegas has just won their eighth game in a row. You know LA is keeping pace with Vegas, and, and we you know we're three or four games.
teams more played than San Jose at the moment. So every every game matters, and uh, these division rivalry games are are, are huge. Um, I I want to I want to put a pin in put in that for a second. Talk about. Antoine Vermet and his emergence in the last couple of games, playing on the top line with Raquel and Getzloff, I've been really impressed. And uh, you know, this is the this is the Vermet that I was expecting. You know, the kind of the guy who who took Chicago to the Stanley Cup, and he was a third line guy there. But this is the kind of offense he was providing. Uh, I'm I'm really excited that I I love this line. You, you got a dynamic center in Getzloff, and you have a basically three centermen. They can all play on the wing and all play center on the top line. And, you know, puck possession leads to chances. I'm loving it. Well, we talked about this before where we both felt like Antoine Vermette was going to be a guy that could go into the corners and make some things happen, create some turnovers, allow Getzloff and Raquel to create offensively. And and then, obviously, Vermette being able to chip in when he can uh, to getting pucks to the net and getting to rebounds and doing a lot of the dirty work. And not that Getzloff and Raquel are immune. To, to getting into the corners and doing things because they both do and can but I think when those guys have a player with them that can get get some opportunities uh, for them by creating turnovers and just jamming things up in the corners in front of the net it's just going to give those guys some more opportunities and, and subsequently not only has Vermette's play been really good Ricard Ra- Raquel has a goal in the last six games. Yeah, seven seven goals in his last six games, and I mean this guy is a, on a tear. Um, and and Getzloff said something after the game last night, which was which was pretty telling. Um, you know, basically that that not only is is you know Raquel sneaking into areas, but he's going to areas that he knows Getzloff's going to have the puck before Getzloff even has made the play. And and when you start to read off of each other like that, you know it can it can be pretty dangerous for teams when you know when you're one, two, three steps ahead of the defenseman and and you're already in the in the position just like that second goal the Ducks scored last night. You know Raquel comes right off the bench and he's kind of in a quiet area and you know he he reads the play, reads Getzloff going down low and he just you know, tucks it in there and gets off. I mean, the, the play, the play that he made. I mean, that's that's a tough play when the when the puck's moving, not a, around the boards and it's quick and and that wasn't even he didn't even collect that puck. He just kind of like put his stick out there and, and nudged it to the middle right on the tape. And you know, those guys are are really streaking right now. And at, when when your best players are playing their best hockey, you know, the team starts to kind of jump on the ship. And and I think that's what we're seeing right now. At least for me. Ryan Getzloff has been as good as he's been in the last two to three years right now with his vision maybe not in production but in vision and just knowing where his teammates are and doing a lot of the little things right and possessing the puck and controlling the puck and not and not just possessing the puck in the offensive zone but finding ways to get to, to players that can get opportunities and scoring chances and I think that was kind of some of my beef in the last couple of years when he played a lot with Corey Perry that they would do a lot, a lot of cycling in the corner and the puck would stay in the perimeter and they would just never get the puck to the net but I think right now with Raquel and his ability to see open space in the, in in scoring areas and get to those uh, spots at times when there's no coverage and then be available for a pass and then Getzloff being able to recognize that 
it's just really fun to watch Getzloff and his abilities and his hockey sense, and that's really what it comes down to. He's got a great IQ, hockey IQ, and Raquel has that IQ as well. And then you throw Vermette into the mix and creating turnovers, and you got a pretty good recipe for a, a, a top NHL kind of line. Yeah, and Getzloff right now, he's only played 17 games this year. He's got 23 points already, second on the team. Um, if he continues this pace, he's on a three goals, on a tear. Two goals, twenty assists. Three, three, three goals, twenty, uh, twenty assists. He had that tip in last night. Nice, nice goal last night. Um, that was a, a great tip in, and he has a, a unbelievable hand-eye coordination. He shows it so many times, and so many things that he does. Uh, his puck skills are are at the elite of the elite in the NHL, and that's just another one of those examples of him getting a stick on the puck and just a great redirect that goes out the inside of the post in the back of the net. Yeah, it makes it look so easy. And I mean, if if this if this guy keeps going at this pace, uh, he's gonna be on 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 a pace for for over over a point per game, uh, you know. And, and he hasn't really reached that reached that plateau since the '09 season when when he put up uh, those 93 points, something like that. So it's good it's good to see him. Another guy who's having a career year right now, um, you know, other than Raquel and Getzloff, Josh Manson, Manson three assists last night brings his total up to 20 points on the year. Three Three goals, 17 assists, uh, plus 18. Can you believe that? I mean, he is he is by far and away the plus minus leader on the Ducks. Um, well, I don't. And, see and him, I'm, I don't see I'm really him liking making, it. Yeah, I don't see him making as many bad decisions. And I'm not talking about uh, puck passing decisions. I'm talking about decisions of jumping into plays in certain situations. Like yeah. I think he's really kind of found his own, and and maybe maybe I tore into him a little bit sometimes in the last. You know, be, you know, maybe a little bit at the beginning of this year, and definitely last year, where he was trying to do way too much. He would jump up, he'd be in the rush all the time. In fact, he would be the middle driver. Where that would be, a, we've talked about this before as well. He'd be the middle driver going to the net, and that's really a forward's job. And not that it doesn't happen where a defenseman makes that play occasionally, because it does happen. But he was doing it consistently and all the time, and he was up ahead of the forwards a lot, a lot. And it just, it, it really. I, I I didn't like that. I didn't like that he would have a hard time getting back into the play afterwards. And I think that we talked about that with Montour. I think that's something that he's going to have to learn. And I think Josh Manson has learned that at this point right now. Obviously, the coaching staff has worked through that with him. He's understood his role and what his job is. And right now, he's getting into some offensive situations. So so 82 games last year for Josh Manson. Five goals, 12 assists for a total of 17 points. He's already well past that at the moment. Moment. He, he's he's two behind in the goal column, but he's got 20 points on the year so far through 41 games exactly. So you know, I mean, it's it's a career year for him. He's already you know near his totals in shots. Uh, you know, 66 shots on net, 88 shots on net last year at the halfway mark. Um, I mean, the, the guy is learning, uh, and, and he's uh, I, you know I heard I heard I heard somebody float the idea around you know a couple months ago. You know that that Josh Manson is, is kind of in the running. For the for the future, you know, once once Getzloff and Perry sort of pass the torch, you know, wouldn't be surprised if you if you see a bit of captaincy in in Manson's name. But um, I've always personally thought that Cam Fowler is suited for that role. But I mean, this guy's taken on more every year, and, and it's good to see him. And it's uh, you know, it's huge for for our decor, especially Josh Manson coming out of, uh, of uh, Northeastern as a sixth round draft pick. Um, yeah, it's great to see that kind of flourish in our organization. 
Speaking of points, Ricard Raquel leads the team with 31 points. Adam Henrique with 23. Getzloff with 23. Corey Perry with 22. Jakob Silverberg, 20. Josh Manson with 20. And Brandon Montour with 19. So right now we have some players that are really putting some points on the board across the, the whole lineup, which is really important for getting things done at the end of the year. And I, I like to see the, the points distributed around the lineup like this. And I think this bodes well for a stretch run for the Ducks. Yeah, and, and I'm glad to see Rico get back on the score sheet last night. Um, you know, first first goal in, in seven games for him, and um, it was. Hey, what, you know, it was. Yeah, he'll take it. Wasn't, it. What's the prettiest goal? But you know, listen. I mean, you get pucks in the net, you never know what can happen. I tell you, Brian Hayward, man, I, I, I got to give a shout out to, to the Ducks color guy on on, uh, on Fox last night. I mean, he was relentless with with Nielsen. I mean, I know I know that Canucks don't have the the greatest goaltending, but uh, every chance he could get he was just ribbing him i mean how about how awful nielsen was playing and and all the decisions he was making with the pucks and it's not like he was wrong about it but you got to give the guy a little break uh but but then as soon as i saw that goal going from henrik you know i think that was the second shift of the game i was like well maybe he's got a point you know this 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 guy looks a little shaky and um he he said something pretty interesting that this guy is you know on the on the on the sort of tail end of his peak of his career and maybe even past it and so when 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 the pressure starts to build up and you're on your fifth or sixth team and you know you have pressure to perform you know some guys they can't really handle that and and they kind of force things and and try to do uncharacteristic you know plays in net and um I don't know I saw a little bit of that from Nielsen last night he made a few good saves but you know he's he's having a rough year. Well, I think obviously the Canucks are having a bit of a rough year as well. I don't think they anticipated it either, but I don't think they they anticipated such a strong uh, Pacific Division again. With you know, obviously Edmonton is trying to claw their way back into it, Calgary, and then of course the Ducks and the Golden Knights and and the Kings have really made things tough on the other teams. Yeah, well, man, those Vegas Knights, man, uh, they just it's just like a storybook ending. You kind of think it'll just calm down at some point, but. Uh, um, they're going to be there, guys. I mean, they're, they're going to be there at the end of the season. I, I'm, I'm calling it. I think they're going to be a, you know, a, a, a contender. I, I think they're going to struggle in their first season of the playoffs. It's, it's a different beast than the regular season. We've all seen teams, you know, take uh, take the Washington Capitals, you know, their their powerhouse every year in the regular season, and when they get to the playoffs, they fall on their face. So, um, you know, I love seeing this out of the Vegas Knights, but I. I think uh, and they could prove us wrong, but but I think they'll they'll be kind of brought back to reality a little bit in the playoffs. Speaking of the Kings and Oilers, did you see the hit by Patty Maroon on Drew Doughty? Didn't like it, and 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 uh, you know I I think there's a bit a uh, bit of history there. You got two games. Yeah, I mean, and and rightfully so. I th- I think he should have got more, um, especially given it, this goes back to the stadium series when L.A. and the Ducks were playing, and you know, fans can go check this out. I'm sure it's archived somewhere, but th- they're mic'd up playing uh, on the ice, and Drew Drew Doughty. I mean, it's pretty funny actually. You know, you know, skates by by Patty Maroon and says something to the effect of like, "Buddy, I mean, you can't even skate. Like, you can't even play hockey. You were in the minors for eight 
eight years or something. You know, he's chirping his ear off. Rightly so. He's Drew Doughty and this is Pat Maroon in his first real season with the Ducks. And ever since that, you know, Pat Maroon had had expressed a dislike for, for Drew Doughty and always gotten the rough kind of rough ups with him against the uh, Kings. And when I saw that last night, I mean, that I just saw an opportunistic Pat Maroon make a dirty hit, and I, I really didn't like that. You know, Drew Doughty's a classy player, um, not a guy that that plays the game the, the wrong way, and and you know, nowhere near the puck. Uh, you know, didn't the, even the didn't only, touch the only, it. The only thing I have to say about this is this: you know, if you go back five, ten, fifteen years ago, these types of hits were commonplace, and now it comes. It's, it's almost to a point where players, if if they're not if they're not checked in a certain situation, they take offense to it, and it's it's it gets crazy, you know. I'm 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 totally okay with those 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 hits as long as they're not to the head. The, the big thing with which you know which is different from from a long time ago is you know science has come a long way and shown that you know these repetitive hits to the head they're going to ruin people's lives, man. And and uh, I think the league's done a good job of of really trying to to kind of look at the NFL as as a as a really bad example of what not to do to your players um and and ignore things like that and and so so hits like the maroon thing if that's on the shoulder you know I agree with you I think that just needs to kind of you just need to walk away and take it like a man it's hockey you know you're going to get hit I think I think the hits to the head are out of out of the question you know you should that's never acceptable um but you know I agree well, the, I, I think the there's a little bit like of a little bit of, uh, I don't know, softness in that area. The part that I didn't like about it is that Drew Doughty was looking away, and as he turned his head to follow the play, Maroon came through, and it just caught him right in the chin. And that's really kind of how I, I, I mean, I've watched it several times, and it's kind of just what I can see from my vantage point here watching it on a screen, and I wasn't out on the ice, and I, and I wasn't at the game. But from my vantage point, Doughty turns, and Maroon comes through and just clips him, and uh, where maybe if he went to turn and looked and followed the puck, that it would just kind of would have grazed by him, and all it would have been is Maroon just letting him know he was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's a split second play, and it's uh, it's it's hard to really tell if there was intent or not. But but uh, I just know knowing knowing the history between those guys, I think Patty Maroon, I think that was purposeful. Um, but yeah, then again, I mean, who knows? Maybe he was just trying to let him, you know, trying to trying to scare him a little bit. But anyways, two games for Pat Maroon, um, and and that's that's good for us. You know, we're playing against him tomorrow night. And uh, Pat or Pat Maroon will not be playing in that game. It's not like he's been really effective against us, but uh, nevertheless, I'm sure he was pretty excited to play in that game against his old boys. But we're gonna have to deal with McDavid and and the boys uh, without him. Yep. Speaking of games tonight in the NHL, right now with uh, 4:15 left in the third period, the Blackhawks are leading the Rangers at MSG, and then in overtime, the Red Wings take down the Senators. The the ever problemed Ottawa Senators, the Red Wings take them down two to one. Uh, obviously, the Senators have a lot of issues going on right now with 
some statements by ownership. Melnick was had mentioned uh, over the winter classic time that if things didn't change, he was potentially thinking about moving the team, and it basically stirred up a storm with a lot of the other owners who didn't like him talking like that. I didn't know about that. Know I mean, that. holy cow. Can you imagine Ottawa moving? Where, wow. where they go, Quebec? I mean, there's lots of places you could think uh, think for them to move, but I think at the end of the day, just uh, an owner making a statement like that, you know, obviously they're upset with their attendance. They're down a lot uh, in their games, and then obviously they're not having a great year. And I was just kind of thinking about it. They have several, uh, a few players that are on the uh, Canadian World Junior team that uh, that uh, they own the rights to. And what what if you're a young player and that's the team that has drafted you? They own your rights, and you got an owner that's talking like that, and the season's going terrible, and there's talk about Carlson being traded. Uh, I mean, there's. I'm calling my I'm calling my agent immediately and saying you're doing whatever the heck you can to get me out of here. You know, I, I <laughs> if I'm a young player looking at that, you know, it's it's kind of like being drafted to the Coyotes or something. You know, you just you just kind of want to. They're not that bad, but if 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 owners are making that kind of statement, and if Carlson goes packing, if Carlson goes, Bobby Ryan's out of there, and then you know, you know, all hell breaks loose, and, and you know, bye bye Ottawa rebuild. Um, you know, and they just got Matt Duchesne. I think that trade was so bad for them. Ty Kyle Turris, man, he's tearing it up in Nashville. Well, I was thinking about it today, and I could, I could just could think about Colorado sending him to Ottawa, just thinking to themselves, you wanted a trade. Well, here you go, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, uh, I think that's a little bit of Joe Sackick, you know, we'll give him a little bit of shtick. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong, they got a lot in return for him. They they got some good good players in, in Colorado for that trade, uh, and they offloaded to Shane, and, you know, he's one, I think he's one goal, maybe two goals since he's came over to Ottawa and uh, you know Kyle Tarson on the other hand had about seven or eight and, and really jelling never, never since he left Colorado they've been, they've been pretty darn good yeah they've been on a tear I, you know I think that's good I think it's good for the locker room I think I think Landis Gog and McKinnon kind of you know probably said something you know to the effect of hey look the distraction's gone you know this is our unit now we can we can close the door kind of felt like the the locker room door was always a little bit half open you know so you know either it was a reporter coming in to talk to Duchesne about a trade or Duchesne halfway out the door ready to leave but uh you know now that they're they're a unit and they can they can look inward and and focus on um getting back to the playoffs I'm been impressed with Nashville has benefited from this as well yeah tourist man I mean he's a sick player I was was shocked that he was the guy to be moved from Ottawa you know I think uh, I think that's a a bad move by by the Ottawa GM how happy are you if you're Cal Turris and they come in and say, well, Kyle, we're sending you to Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> they were just in the cup and they missed it by two games. So, And you're basically going to go in and fill for, you know, he's really, they brought him in to fill for Fisher. You know, yeah. he's that, you know, he's that, that and a younger, faster, skill, more skillful Fisher. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe more skilled, but they needed a right shot guy like that to fill that spot. And uh, he and he's gone in there and he's done a great job. Yeah, I mean Nashville again. I mean they're they're a, a really really sturdy team and 
you know, we all know the damage they can do in their own building. So, I mean, this, this trade just didn't really work out for anybody except, except Nashville, really. I mean, Colorado will benefit down the road, but, uh, I think Nashville is the winner of that one. Somebody out of their locker room that yeah. wasn't yeah. helping the cause. Yeah. That was the best part of it for Colorado. Exactly. So, tomorrow night, Ducks are in Edmonton to take on the Oilers. Kings are in Calgary to take on the Flames. Sabres are in St. Paul to take on the Wild. Panthers are in Boston to take on the uh, Bruins. Sharks are in Toronto to take on the Maple Leafs. Islanders are in Philly to take on the Flyers. And the Canes are in Pittsburgh to take on the uh, Penguins. And then the Lightning, a big night in the NHL, obviously. Lightning are in Montreal to take on the Canadians. And the Golden Knights are in St. Louis to take on the Blues. Devils are in Dallas to take on the Stars. Blue Jackets are in uh, Denver to take on the Avalanche. And the Preds are in Phoenix to take on the Coyotes. So a big night in the NHL tomorrow night. And uh, also tomorrow is World Junior Championship semifinal day where the U.S. team takes on Sweden and Canada takes on the Czech Republic. U.S. with a, with a uh, huge win over the Russians uh, on Monday night, Tuesday night. Um I think it's going to be a heck of a showdown here for the gold. You know, I'm, I'm, I think it's going to be U.S. Canada, and and we've uh, the Ducks have have prospects on both sides of the ice. So I'll be watching that game with interest. But tomorrow night, the semifinals. That's that's going to be a tough game. Well, three of the top players in the tournament are on the U.S. team: uh, Fox and Middlestat, and. Uh, and then Kachuk, Brady Kachuk for the Americans. All three of those guys have been pivotal for the, the Americans and their success here, especially uh, yesterday in the win over Russia. U.S. had not beaten Russia in a quarterfinal game ever. They beat them in a semifinal last year, but they had never beat them in a quarterfinal. So a big win for the U.S. And then obviously Canada uh, just rips apart Switzerland. I don't know if you heard the interview with the Swiss coach who basically threw his team under the bus in the interview and just said we have no chance it's all over for us we're done and in the in the canadian game yesterday ray ferraro was just all over him just basically calling him out ripping on him and and basically i don't know if you heard any of that i didn't know holy crap man i mean for 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 a guy to do that before your team goes into semifinals where anything can happen he's not exactly herb brooks is he well, Ray Ferraro basically said, well, why not just at least say, you know, just going to take it one step at a time. We're going to try to, uh, you know, improve our chances shift by shift and, and, and try to make some things happen and obviously represent our country, country and do those things. But the guy, the guy was, it was almost comical, you know, when he was asked, you know, <laughs> what, what, what his expectations of the game were. And he said, I mean, what can he say? We're playing against Canada. Look at their team. They're bigger, faster, more skilled. <laughs> than we are. It reminds me of Ilya Brzezgala before the Winter Classic where he's benched and they say, oh yeah, how are you going to go tomorrow? He's like, well, you know, it's going to be nice. I'm going to I'm gonna grab my thermos and I'm going to sit on the bench and uh, we're going to enjoy the game. <laughs> uh, they, they, they asked the guy, they said, well, what are you going to tell your team? He says, well, I'm going to tell them the truth. <laughs> Wow. So he's going he's gonna to go in there and do a Herb Brooks 180 and say, you know, they might beat you one out of ten, or you might, you, you might lose this game one out of ten games, but tonight you're definitely losing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, very, very interesting. 
Uh, yeah, of course, the U.S. has a tough game tomorrow against Sweden. Uh, a very skilled team, very strong skating team. Uh, they're great with puck possession. They do a great job all over the offensive zone. They find players moving all over the place. They do their their style of play is is very un North American, and uh, they're they're always attacking and moving and exchanging places. All the players can play all the different positions. So if one player moves, so if a, if a defenseman is up into the offensive uh, position. Uh, a forward can move back and cover for them, and they're not afraid to make those things happen. Yep. Uh, yep. So, uh, so uh, quickly, quick other news quick around the league: uh, John in the March or so becomes the first uh, Vegas Golden Knight to sign a contract extension, six-year, thirty million dollar deal. So he's cashing in big time on his season Got last year. Got a big raise. He's getting paid seven hundred fifty thousand this year. So, uh, and he's got a front-loaded contract, so he'll be making seven and a half million to start next season, which is pre- pretty nice for him. So, um, good to see that. And and uh, the NHL and Adidas revealed the jerseys for the All Star game today. Uh, and I don't like them. They're a little. Uh, what do they look like? They're like neon. You know, the ones uh, the Metropolitan's gray and neon. Atlantic is blue and neon, and Pacific and Central are uh, white and orange and black and orange. So, kind of weird. I, I just can't take it when they do that. I mean, why not just give a, a good traditional look to the All Star Game? Yeah. You know, some some progressive style jersey. It's just not what I would expect from a NHL All Star game weekend type of thing. They got to do a better job with that. You know, from a marketing standpoint, when people see stuff like that, they just—I mean, at least hockey people, fans that really want to watch it—they're just going to cringe when they see something like that. Well, you know, I—I I think at the end of the day, it's all about jersey sales, and and I, I know you've seen a fair few of them out there. Uh, excuse my French, but there are a lot of jersey whores in the in the NHL when they're in the, in fans and I mean I'm talking about yeah, no people doubt. what's that yeah no doubt they want to buy they want to buy their jerseys if they want to sell those things at least put yeah. something on the shelf that people are going to want to buy huh and a lot of people who buy those jerseys you know not for nothing are not your real diehard fans um I would never buy a jersey that's not my team. I'd buy maybe a, an all-star jersey of my of my player, but not not if it's got freaking neon on it. I mean, come on. Uh, you know, like you said, you want to keep it nice and traditional and, you know, this flashy stuff is is not really <laughs> I don't think really jives with with everybody's taste, but hey, we don't call the shots. We just buy them. So, tomorrow night, Ducks and Oilers. In Edmonton, big game. Huge game. I think uh, I think it's you know it's going to be fun for everybody to get back out there uh, and you know obviously rekindle that rivalry uh, once again from from last off season or last postseason. Um, obviously Maroon out of the lineup. I think I think we're, uh, it, it's a no brainer. We're going to see Gibson in the net, and um, will we see Corey Perry? I don't think so. But hey, it's up in the air. He skated with Henrik and Richie today. You don't really normally take line rushes with a teammate unless you're unless you're gonna you know get ready to go here. But um, no doubt, Raquel's gonna keep try and keep his goal streak going, and uh, you know I'll be looking forward to that. Well, Ducks go for four in a row. They go for six out of the last seven. You've been listening to Ducks Hockey on Fire with Coach P and Hank. You can catch Ducks Hockey on Fire at SoundCloud and iTunes, and check us out on our social media sites like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Bye, Ducks fans. Tune in this weekend as we break down the rest of the Ducks games and we head into the five. 
day mandatory break. Let's go, Ducks.